For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome to the first 2024 episode of the College Underdogs podcast. I'm your host, Trey Smith. We've had a little bit of a hiatus here on the show. I took a little bit of time off. Part of it was the holiday season and family and all just the hustle and bustle that comes along with that. And then part of it was me just trying to get some things in order as it pertains to this show, as it pertains to me personally. Um, this has been something I've been blessed to do uh, full time now, really since June. Um, and there was a lot of financing, a lot of things that came in and, um, you know, December it all stopped. Basically that was, that was not, not stopped, but that's when the, the, the agreements ended, I guess I should say for some of the funding I was receiving. And so now I'm just kind of trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? And I say full time. It's I've been able to make this like my main priority, and that's why I've been able to do as much many you know doing however many shows per week. And um, now I'm just kind of looking at as we enter the new year, what does this look like in conjunction with some of the other things now that I have going that I need to kind of put higher on the priority list. So obviously I'm committed to continuing the show. You know whether that's five times a week, whether that's once a week, whether that's twice a week, as I get into the year and find my rhythm with the other things I've got shaking. I'll be able to really solidify what the uh, continuity or the consistent weekly output of this show on this channel will be. So, um, but we got a lot to talk about. I want to talk about bowl season. I want to talk about the new year six. I want to talk about the CFP. I want to talk about where are these things headed? Um, is separation inevitable in college football? I have a lot of thoughts on that and I want to get to all of it right here on today's show. So before I do, um, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment at the end, share it with a friend. If you're listening on one of the streaming platforms, please, please, please uh, give it a five-star rating, leave a positive review. If you know someone that could benefit from advertising with this show, send them my way. You can leave a comment. Actually, send an email to info at collegegametime.com. And uh, yeah, but let, let's dive into this, right? So the obvious, we have our national championship set up, uh, a matchup, I should say, Washington, Michigan. That's honestly the matchup I was hoping for. I always love a, you know, 14-0 versus a 14-0 for it all. If this were the 90s, this Michigan-Washington matchup would be billed as game of the century. That's how they like to to promote these, these matchups back in the nineties. And so that's what it would be, but man, I think it's an excellent matchup. I think it's going to be a great game. And, um, you know, we'll get something different this year. I, I, I do like that. I like seeing something different. I think Washington, um, I don't know that anyone like really expected them two years ago that, you know, hiring a new coach, he's coming in, he brings in this quarterback that's been injured four consecutive seasons. And in two years, he's turned that, that, that quarterback has flourished and become a Heisman finalist. They go 14-0. and 0. 
and now they're in the natty. So hats off to both Michigan and Washington. We'll see how it plays out. Looking forward to a good game. But let's let's talk about this concept, this idea of is separation inevitable. And, you know, earlier in the bowl season, Chip Kelly uh, gave a pretty well thought out statement about this. And I think in his his words, he was saying, we just need to have no conferences. Everyone's independent. You have a 64-team power conference and a 64-team, um, you know, group conference. What did he call it? He called it something else. 64-team, I'm going to say underdog conference. Oh, so he said 64-team, that's power five, and 64 conference is group of five. He's just talking about those teams. Um, and they play each other. Uh, where do I start with this? First off, I feel like the narrative that we're going to hear all offseason this year and next year is this need for separation with the college football playoffs. There's going to be a strong push, and I'm just predicting here, okay? There's going to be a strong push to leave the G5s out. I think this bowl season... And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist on this show. But after taking in bowl season, you know, season, reflecting on championship weekend, selection Sunday, seeing the double standard that was put on selection Sunday between selecting the top G5 team versus the top four teams, part of me wonders... Was Liberty selected as a pawn? Meaning, yes, I know they were undefeated. But they had the weakest strength of schedule. I already talked about all this. You can go back and listen to my thoughts on, you know, the selection of the top G5 team. But it's almost as if the committee knew, okay, this team's going to go lay an egg. We're going to match them up with Oregon. Because even if Liberty would have been matched up with Florida State, would have been a way different game. Way different game, I think. Not saying they would have won, but I'm thinking it would have been a way more competitive game than Liberty versus Oregon and definitely a way more competitive game than Georgia versus Florida State. And, and, I, and really, from a fan's perspective, a better bowl season would have been Liberty versus the version of Florida State we saw in the Orange Bowl and then Oregon versus Georgia. That, that, that could have possibly made for two games similar to the two CFP games. But we didn't. And it's almost as if let's, it's like Florida State goes in and gets annihilated by 60 points. Liberty gets annihilated. They had that first opening drive where I'm like, hey, maybe. And then the game essentially went how I expected it to go. I was pulling for Liberty. I was pulling for them. They were, whether you like it or not, they were the representative of the G5 on that stage. Um, I was hoping by some miracle they could keep it competitive and maybe pull out a win. And then you'd have back-to-back years of the G5 rep winning that New Year's Six Bowl. And what does that do? It, it just, it helps the agenda of the people who are lobbying and fighting for that seat at the table for the underdogs. 
whether that's the 6'6", whether that's the 5'7 model. Okay, but it almost feels like Liberty was a pawn that now the decision makers and stakeholders who are strongly advocating for separation and, you know, what does that look like in a playoff model? It looks like 12 at-larges or it looks like the top four ranked conference champions and then eight at-larges. Like that's, that's what separation begins to look like when you have this CFP format and you've completely made it nearly impossible for a group of five team to get in. Now, currently for the next two years, everything will be fine. There will be at least one seat at that table. But what I believe is that it's almost like they're trying to sow the seed now so that when this current contract and agreement is up in 2025, they can turn it into an elites only playoff. And when I say elites only, I mean power conferences. Whoever those even are at that point in time. I mean, we know the Big Ten and SEC are going to drive the ship in football. I do think the Big 12, once once the dust settles, they're going to be the premier basketball conference. And so they're essentially going to be bulletproof from poaching or or becoming a lesser conference because I do believe what your mark is building there is going to have a strong enough basketball brand and good enough football programs to sustain itself through, you know, not just this media deal that they're in, but whenever it comes time to renegotiate. But I don't know what's happening with the ACC. Depending on who you follow, depending on what you read, um, it's starting to feel like the pack did around this time a year ago. Um, now, the difference is they're not playing on an expiring contract and they have a pretty strong ironclad grant of rights or at least what has has been what has been perceived as an ironclad grant of rights in place but again depending on who you follow depending on what you read it it does some some are suggesting that florida state may have found a way out of that and that the the bottom may be getting ready to fall out of the acc ship i'm not ready to dive into that conversation just yet i'm i'm trying to hold off maybe till summer um so we can kind of see how things take take shape, you know, first off through the end of football and then into basketball. But um, but I do think that all that to say it does it does seem like Liberty was kind of thrown in there as a pawn. I'm not trying to take anything away from Liberty, but I mean, look, and I've said this already, I mean, they they hadn't seen a front seven all season as good as SMUs, much less you know, Oregon. Now you may say, oh, well, SMU just lost to Boston college and they should have won that game. And I agree. I got you. You're right. You know, now is the same SMU team that showed up for the Fenway park bowl or whatever pinstripe bowl, whatever it was, uh, the same SMU team that would have shown up for a new year six game. Probably not. Right. Just like Florida state is the same Florida state team that showed up for that game against Georgia, the same Florida state team that would have showed up for a matchup against Michigan. No, and that's where it gets tough to, to use bowl season as a full litmus test for comparison or, or, or um, it's just hard to use bowl season as, as a guide for anything because of all the opt-outs and the transfer portal and all that. Um, but had this year, here's where I think things could have 
been better for the G5. Like, if Liberty's going to be that team, if this year would have been the 12-team format, Liberty's first game would have been against um, Florida State. And look, it would have been a different Florida State than what we saw against Georgia, but it still would have been a Florida State team without their quarterback. And, and I think that's a more competitive game. And no, I don't necessarily going to say that Liberty would have won, but I think it would have been more competitive. And I think if you have a Tulane beating USC, followed by Liberty being competitive, it, it gives you a little bit of, see, you have to keep a seat at the table for the underdogs because you just never know. You got to give them a chance to compete with the best of the best. The problem is now what's going to be utilized um, in these conversations is leveraged by the people who are lobbying for separation is, well, look, they're just, they're just a waste of space. I mean, there's already media members that were tweeting after the Liberty game yesterday. Someone had said, a group of five teams need their own national title. We can't waste a yearly spot on G5. And someone said, how about this? If you're a G5 team, we'll let you in, but you've got to schedule at least one Power 5 team and beat them. That's not a bad idea. That's fair. Um, but I don't know. And then, and then, you know, if Liberty runs the table next year as a Conference USA team, not saying they will, but they've got a weak schedule again next year. And then if they were to get the playoff bid next year and then get blown out again, uh, it, it's just, that's not good for the long-term sustainability of a 5-7 or 6-6 six, six model. Part of what made Tulane, part of what was so great about Tulane a year ago wasn't just for their program and for their own advancement, you know, whether they're that's getting a power five invite at some point in time in the future, it was great for group of five football because it gave people advocating for that access leverage. Look, we just beat, you know, a conference power five runner up and the Heisman winner in a new year six game. Um, but now I just, I don't know. Part of me believes that separation is inevitable. Part of me wonders if throwing Liberty in there against Oregon was part of a, a bigger conspiracy to exile G5 from the CFP. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Like I said, I don't want to sound too much like a, a conspiracy theorist, but let's just give it time. Okay, as we enter the offseason, obviously right now it's going to be all about Michigan-Washington, but as we get into the offseason and as realignment stuff starts to heat up, which will mostly be towards the ACC, likely, what do we begin to hear in terms of college football playoff? Because the Big Ten and the SEC are going to want as many teams as possible in that lineup. I mean, the fact that Oregon and Georgia do not have an opportunity to compete for a national championship, I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's ridiculous. And as a future Big Ten team and a current SEC team, those commissioners, I guarantee you, feel the exact same way. So the only way to get as many bids as possible is to free up as many spots. And, you know, I have an idea, a thought I'm going to talk about here in just a second as maybe something the G5 should consider. There's a lot of holes in it right now, so it's a very rough draft. It was really, it was something I put up on Twitter. It actually kind of sparked some conversation with some people. Uh, it also triggered some people. 
And um, it was just my like kind of brain dump after watching Liberty. Because here's honestly where all this is coming from. I watched that Liberty game and I just went, this could be the end of G5 access to the CFP. That was what I was thinking. Obviously, we've got the next two years ironclad. But I'm thinking after these next two years, um, I'm a little concerned about the future of, of the CFP as it pertains to the underdogs having a seat at the table. And uh, I'll just tell you right now what I said. So here's what I put. So, so if separation is indeed inevitable, here's what I would do. I would set up a playoff format with seven teams. You have your five conference champions, okay, and then two at-larges. The number one seed gets a bye. So in this year's scenario, Liberty would be the team getting the bye. Because it'd be, it'd be the number one seed would be the highest ranked G5 conference champion. Then you have your six and seven playing. You have two versus three, four versus five, or I guess it would be two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. And then the number one, I didn't put like this on Twitter because I wasn't thinking, but now as I'm looking at it, I am. And then your four, five winner plays the number one seed. Your two, three winner plays this, uh, Plays the two seven winner, two two six. The two six and three seven winners, or I guess the one would get the 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 worst ranked out of the basically like the NFL playoffs do. The worst ranked plays the team on the bye, and then the other two play. And then here's how I looked at it: your first round is on campus. Your semis, you could rotate through several bowl games, right? You've got the Vegas Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, the Music City, and the Outback Bowl. Like those are the four I would say you rotate year to year as your uh, semifinal games. Now, listen, I know those games have, have power conference tie-ins to them, but if all these, if the top power conference teams, if the top SEC and top Big Ten teams are going to be in the CFP anyways, wouldn't you rather have a, a more competitive game of group of five teams in those games, in those bowls, I mean, Vegas, Alamo, uh, Music City Outback. And then my thought was for the, for the G5 National Championship, it could be one of the New Year's Six Bowls, or at least as a, a current New Year's Six Bowl that rotates every year. Now, well, but those are going to be considered a part of the playoff format. Yes, I know. So you would just have to rotate one out every year or designate one. So it's like, okay, the Cotton Bowl, even though the Bowl wouldn't go for that. So you'd have to rotate. So, okay, this year the Cotton Bowl is going to be the G5 National title. The... Uh, the next year, the Fiesta Bowl is going to be it. The Orange Bowl is going to be it. So it's like there's still, as you're in bowl season, um, watching those CFP matchups, one of the ones that you're also getting to watch on a big stage is the G5 national title. And then here's where I put, this is the big kicker that like is not really thought out at this point, but to get in the whole promotion relegation, tapping back into that um, model that has been, that was brought up earlier this fall, I thought, okay, so the winner, what if each year the group of five national champion gets promoted to the big 12 and then the lowest ranked big 12 team gets relegated. And now at that point, do, do you make the G five, you know, regional conferences or does the bottom 
Big 12 team that's getting relegated? Do they go to the regional G5 conference that makes the most sense? Those are some things that I was thinking about. Now, if you're the G5 national champion, you can opt out of being promoted. If, if, if you're concerned that after one year on a one-year promotion that you'll be right back down the following year and you want to continue. I mean, there's a lot of things to hash out, but I'm just like, man, how can you still salvage group of five football if there's going to be complete separation? And I know that's a big if, and I know we still have two more years, right? But man, I, I am concerned that if, if it's another two years of what we just saw, it ain't going to be good. And the reason why I'm a little concerned about that is because, I mean, go look at Liberty's schedule, guys, for next year. I mean, there's a good chance they could do the same exact thing again and then get that bid. Now, what I got to keep reminding myself of is had Tulane beat SMU, they would have gotten that New Year's Six bid, even though Liberty was undefeated, I believe. Um, and then somebody had said something on here. Yeah, someone had said, or just expand the playoffs to 16 teams, all FBS conference champs plus six at large, four games start in early December, done about the same time. No early signing until after CFP are done. And here's the thing. I love that. I love expanding the CFP to 16 teams, but they would not go for this format. There's no way if the college football playoff expands to 16 team, the only motivation behind it will be to get more big 10 SEC teams in as at large bids. That's the bottom line. So anyways, let me know your thoughts. What'd you think of bowl season? Hope you hope you all had good holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and all the other ones that, that, that are celebrated around this time of year. Hope everyone's New Year's off to a good start. Let me know your thoughts. Um, I know I kind of just brain dumped it, so it's not it's gonna be hard to kind of like <laughs> it's gonna be kind of hard to timestamp this episode, but because uh, I was just kind of brain dumping my thoughts over the past week and a half, and particularly after yesterday. But I'm back. Good to see everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'll uh, I'll likely see you sometime later this week. That's it for me today. Trey Smith, College Underdogs. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.